With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's steps with Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Let's take it out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Oh, wow, what a run. Jimmy Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best. Goal of his Spurs career. Oh, back again, back again. I've got, I've got two special guests here with me today on Touchline Hotspur. It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. Uh, Owen, how you feeling, man? Loving the show. you got the retro on. For the got people the that can't see, people that are listening just to mm-hmm. the audio, it's the proper retro. I don't right, even know what year it is either. Like, this is like '94, '95 looking. Yes, I think it's the '90s. Holston. If it is, I've just guessed that as well. So, <laughs> yeah, fair play. But I'm good, man. How are you? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm keeping well, man. Just all you can do, and in these kind of seasons, three games left. Let's take it, take it a day as it goes. Um, I'm feeling like Ryan Mason right now, giving an interview. You know, he's... yeah. <laughs> how are you feeling, man? <laughs> Uh, I've been here before, I suppose. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> You're breaking I've had enough. <laughs> You're taking the mic. Um, overall, I've had a great week. Um, woke up this morning, stock markets were bleeding, but they've recovered, so I'm happy with that. But as for my beloved Spurs, we're still bleeding. Uh, <laughs> They're, they're pushing the buttons, all the wrong buttons. It's crazy as well because I think, um, like, going into the week, 
going into the Leeds match, I think you had Dyer talking and talking about <laughs> four games left, <laughs> and it really mattered, and we had to take it seriously, and we had to think about. Was it him saying we had to think about the direction of the club? I can't remember. Um, but someone, someone, maybe it was Mason. I can't remember. Someone was saying like Spurs really have to think of the direction of the club. Europe is still on, and this is the time to take charge. And then, I mean, wow! Like, what was you guys thinking going into the game? What, what did you think the score was going to be, or what did you think of our chances? Boy, I mean, I think me and you both said, uh, both said on the previous pod that we were definitely not going to win. Um, I kept on seeing the build-up as well. I didn't necessarily care about results as long as we were kind of trying to landscape for the future. And then I look at the table and I'm like, right, like if we win this, we're actually two points within fourth somehow, yeah. somehow. And then um, it was then, and when I saw uh, the lineups, then I, I knew we were definitely going to crumble. <laughs> what was it? What was the name that made you that that was the full stop that just made you know? It was more like knowing how Leeds play and how well drilled they are to a man, and I like I knew Mason would go unchanged from Sheffield, mm. and that meaning we would probably end up getting overran because I felt like we got too many luxury players in the team. Um, I didn't think Bale would have done particularly well, kind of tracking back. Um, didn't think Son would be the same vice versa. Delhi isn't exactly match fit. Um, and Kane isn't the most intense presser. Like, it, yeah. it, I didn't think we would defend well from the front and we would end up just getting overran. Just overran. I think um, it's weird. So, like, going into the match for me, um, I think, you know, Leeds have that kind of reputation. Like, they're really good, but sometimes they can be naive. I think... Um, it's like they play well, but they don't always get the results, um, which is something that I thought um, that this, this is what we brought Mourinho in to solve. And obviously, it didn't work out. Like, we wanted to stop being as naive. So, when we faced them the last time, I thought they played really well. And then, um, but we went out, like, was it 3-0 winners? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, going into this match, I mean... I was hoping, I wasn't hoping, but I thought we would see a bit more of the same. I thought they, the guys would be a bit more defensive. Um, I, I didn't think they would be as naive, I thought, against this Leeds team. Like, they know how to beat them, and I don't think they, they showed their best side at all. I think they made it quite easy for Leeds by just trying to beat Leeds at what they're good at, which I, I don't know why we did that. Um, I think it might be a bit of an indictment on Ryan Mason's management, but, I mean, is he, what has he got four left games left? doesn't really matter. Yeah, what's your take on um, what's your take going into the game? Well, going into the game, uh, I think my scoreline was three-one um, Spurs, so I got it completely wrong, the wrong way around. But in fairness, at one-one, we should have had the goal, obviously with King. But that's neither here or there, to be honest with you, because you shouldn't really let your head um, drop. But what I found from what I watched in the game, which is what I've seen pr- predominantly through the whole season, is um, Spurs' tendency to crumble whenever they concede or whenever they're like, mm. like there's a sustained amount of pressure on them. And our defense, when we lose, we lose bad. Like, there's not been a game this season so far where we've like, all right, maybe people might argue the final and say, all right, we lost like 1 0 or 2 1 and stuff like that. But when we tend to lose, we lose like 3 0. 
three one. Like and it's it's bad. Like the the, the whole ninety is a bad watch. Like so I only watched half the game. Once I saw that um the cane goal was disallowed, I was like, Yeah, I'm done. The heads are going to go And we're we're definitely going to lose I know people are going to say But the Southampton game We had a game A goal disallowed And and they bounced back Southampton tired out That's that's how we won Yeah we faced a team that Just crumbled in the last 20 minutes Because they didn't have the energy We faced Mm -hmm. Sheffield United Who were already relegated Beat them 4-0 Like I just I should have known That we were going to lose But my perception was we're gonna go up against Leeds. Leeds are gonna. We know what Leeds are gonna do for one, which means we're gonna have opportunities to score. And if we take the lead, we might get lucky and you know just hold out for a victory. That was my whole perception on the whole three-one scoreline in favour of Spurs. I got it completely wrong. I put my hands up. I should have known better. Yeah, because our team is on nonsense, and I can't even blame Ryan. Imagine I can't even blame Ryan Aston for this because to be honest with you. I know he's selecting a lot of his friends, um, you know, picking stinks and their man to play. But stinks should be told, play. I'm not. I'm saying in general, just just picking them to, <laughs> to play in any game. Like he he should be relegated to like the, the seaside. Yeah, like he shouldn't he shouldn't <laughs> oh, be nowhere near the team whatsoever. So I'm just saying in general. I know he's like picking a lot of like mainstay Spurs players from past you and all that kind of stuff like especially bringing Ali into the fold um I'm just like I'm not having none of it I've I've had enough like but again I'm not going to blame him because these players are professionals you should know how a team or an opponent is going to play and you should be able to you know see out a game if you're considered to be one of the big teams and we we keep messing him up so let's um let's do like a quick let's go for the team real quick yeah like, the defence, I mean, it's fair to say most of the people had a bad game. This is, like, the third, fourth game in a row, maybe, where Lloris has been the best in the back five. Um, probably the worst. I mean, a lot of people would say it was Dyer, and I've heard a lot of people say it was Regulon. So, my question to you guys is, is who was the worst on the pitch in the back four? It's going to be Dyer. Oh, by far, Dyer, unfortunately. <laughs> it was by far... Um, it was it was quite annoying because I didn't hate our first half performance. Like, yeah, we got overran, but <clears throat> excuse me, when um when we did actually go forward, I thought Delhi came in and linked up with Kane and Son really, really well. He was bright, mm. and we constantly looked like a threat. It was just um the other end, Regulon, um. Doesn't look confident at all fit. Um, I'm not even sure why he's still playing. I guess because Ben Davis is still injured. But yeah. I feel like he's just trying too hard to try and make it to the Spain squad for the Euros. And he's pushing his body um, while he doesn't, or he shouldn't necessarily be doing so. Um, yeah, the midfield. Lacelso, he had such a weird game because there were times where he was like tenaciously quite well winning a few second balls he would carry the ball quite well in a few spells but when it came to actually being decisive and releasing it and knowing when to release it or just generally just trying to get into a rhythm Mm -hmm. like his decision making was was awful 
um, at times. So it was it's annoying because we quite a lot of us have put stocks in this guy. And okay, ever since this last injury, he's just not performed. Whereas before, when he came back from his other injury earlier on in the season. He had good games against Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, and he looked like he was getting back to like the level we saw last season at the back end, um, at the back end of last season. And now he's looking terrible. Uh, Bale was a passenger, an absolute passenger, and he threw Aurier under the bus several times. Uh, several, several times. He should have been hooked a lot earlier. Um, but again, like up until it was up until the substitutes where I felt like we were still actually in the game. So like I didn't think we were playing terrible. And then he, like, yeah, it, double substitution. He brought Lucas and Lamella on at the same time. Uh, these are two players who have been, um, well, essentially most of us think that they're pretty much done at the club now. Bale justifiably came off. Didn't hate that sub, but then like Delhi came off. I think it was Philomela. So yeah, it was someone who was still playing well. I felt like the Celso could have probably come off at that time for Ndombele. That would have made a lot more sense, um, especially with how Leeds play. Yeah, it, it was weird. And then we just completely lost control of the game after the substitutions. Yeah, I think... Um... Like, the way people describe Mora and Lamella sometimes is like headless chickens and things like that. The way they're running or the way they don't release mm. at times that help the rest of the team. I really think that didn't help um, from what I've seen of highlights. I'm not even going to lie, I didn't watch the whole match either. But from what I've seen, that didn't help. Um, we looked better before they came on for me. And I think you make, you said it like perfectly. I don't know why Ndombele did not enter the pitch earlier. Um which kind of takes me to this thing that's been going around this week as well of um, Ndombele's Instagram, the picture with Kane. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's um, him saying he's leaving. But, I mean, it is interesting. Like, comments are disabled on it. Um, and he's obviously posted it for a reason. So, what, like, do you guys think Ndombele is sending a message? Do you think there's a situation here? Like, what... Is there is is it just an overreaction, kind of coincidence thing? Um, yeah, what do you think? Um, I don't think there's really much to read into it from um, people that I've spoken to near the club and some of the things that have come out. Um, it just seems like um, he he seems to be happy, I suppose. So mm-hmm. I guess we can take from it that, you know, it's like, you know, time will tell, you know, he, he will either get his chance over the next three games or um, he's just waiting for... I guess the season to end, you know, and and we we kick on from from next season. I, there's not really much to make make of it. Um, if he wanted out, um, I think we'd be hearing more murmurs um, now. But I don't think there's really much to make of it, other than you know, I guess he will get his time soon. That that's all I can really take from it. Um, Owen, you agree? Or do you think there's yeah, um, I didn't know comments were disabled on that um, on that post until just then. But I I read it as a uh, like soon come like I'll be playing soon. Time will tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, um, that he essentially posted a picture with Kane. There's like three um, pictures of the the sand timer. So yeah, so, yeah time's coming. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't 
um, want to overanalyze it. I don't know if it's because the the other thing it could be is something I just don't want to believe. But yeah, yeah, to me it's just the case of him um, essentially saying, "Okay, I'm gonna be on the pitch soon, come," and then uh, hopefully he can get um, picked for France at the Euros, man. Yeah. I think he deserves it, man. He's, he's had a good season, all things considered. Like it's been a mess. It's been a mess at the club. But he's one of the better names there. Um, it's weird to me how many people don't rate Ndombele. Like it just seems so strange to me. Like in just a general Spurs fan base. But I mean, that's that's life. You've got dinosaurs at every club. Um, do you guys think Europe is still achievable? Like we keep hearing it out of the players' mouths after every game. Um, before. I think before um, the match, what was it? We were three points off or something like that. Now we're seventh. But I mean, Chelsea dropped points as well. I think the most points we could get is like 64, 65. Which would Boy. be like, we'd need, basically, we'd need everybody to keep losing. So, is it all drawing, should we say? Europe is, is achievable, but not Champions League. <laughs> well, well, like, the, these players need to get that out of their head. I'm not here to be like falsely spoken to yeah because they're not going to the Champions League and if by some sort of miracle they were to achieve Champions League football they're going to hold a spanking so they need to get that out of their head if if, if we were really in this race for um, a Champions League spot they would have beaten Leeds mm. that's the long and short of it so they can't beat Leeds who currently sit at what 10th 9th in the league and that's not to say that Leeds are crap. They just can't beat the team that sits 10th or 9th for the league. And we still got to face Leicester, who are currently third. If you can't beat 9th, who, who, who do you think we are to expect you to beat third? So, no. Nah, um, I reckon we finish... I won't be surprised if we finish 6th or 7th and go straight into the Europa. Um, there's been murmurs saying that, you know, we could finish below Arsenal. I'll be honest with you. If that happens this season... Some players need to play. They need to pay the fans. They need to pay the fans <laughs> half their wages. Seriously, like there's no. You need to. You need to understand that Arsenal were in the bottom half of the league for a quarter of the season. They've been bouncing around eighth and tenth for a third of the three quarters of the season. We were top at in December. And have dropped so far down that we're talking about the team that's been bouncing around eighth and tenth, potentially going above us. And it's and these players, <laughs> these players know no shame. It's disgusting, bro. And 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 like I don't know. It's it's the players, it's the club, it's the board, it's everything, man. It's it's there's the situation, the whole situation stinks because not too long ago. I mean, it felt like Spurs was the club that was on the up. Um, out of all of the English clubs, it felt like Spurs were doing the most to change their position. I guess from a from maybe a mid-table club, they were working towards becoming mm. a club that regularly heads into the Champions League and you were thinking that momentum would continue and it would become a club that starts challenging for titles. Um, so probably where we fall short is definitely like challenging for titles and now it sounds like we're regressing mm. that we're going to start falling short of um, champ- challenging for Champions League as well and to regress even another level after that and start finishing behind these lot down the road again 
I think it's disgusting. It's disgraceful. I'd, I'd do the drug by shout, bro. Disgraceful in the camera and that, but it's <laughs> disgusting. All I know is, um, I, I think, yeah, I, I've got a situation for you guys, and you know what I'm going to say already, but even if it meant finishing below Arsenal, would you take not finishing in the Europa League so that you, you could have a season without Europe, without having playing two games a We got. I'm sorry, I have to nick this in the bud, yeah, because... I know I've I've heard a lot of fans, so th- I'm not surprised this question came up. Yeah, mm. but we can't afford that. We we actually what angle though? What are you saying? Why can't we? From a financial from money perspective, from, okay. and what makes it worse is that we haven't got a team that, let's say, we had the season out. Yeah, it would benefit them. These guys are on the decline. Like there's no there's no like upward trajectory with with uh, the majority of the squad. So for us to one be out of Europe, yeah and still struggle to offload these players, from a financial standpoint, the impact it would have on the team would be detrimental. And then on top of, like, the players were trying to get out, we would have no window for them. Because we can't put them in, like, lesser games where they might shine and do do a bit, yeah, so that we can up their value. We would have nothing for it. We'd have to be selling players at the end of their contract. We'd be finished. We, we, don't, we don't have the capacity to, to <laughs> miss Europe for... Any season in the most in the next ten years, we better make Europe. Even if it's the Conference League, we need to make Europe because we don't have no no room for for any sort of like, oh, we're gonna take a season out. It's just not gonna work at all. See, I think I think we're we're working our way slowly to this niche of becoming the club where cool. If you don't sell players, the players are entering last year of contract and they're all gonna leave on a free. Um, He's seen what that can do to the teams. Like if you don't recruit money from the players that you buy, it's a bad cycle. It, it doesn't end well. So how do you nip that in the bud? Like I know um, we're looking for to sell players for value, but I mean, isn't that the wrong way to go about this? Don't we just need to get players out? Um, we do. We do. It's it's one of those now where the hardest thing is. Not only are our players aren't they're not necessarily desirable. To most clubs, like anyone, any club that is essentially a good thinker isn't going to want Moussa Sissoko or maybe even Eric Lamella, unless, like, I'm going to probably end up saying a prayer at the end of every pod just for Mourinho to hoover up some of this (laughs) at Roma. But, yeah, man, the hardest thing is essentially there's just not really a market for these players either. Like, every team's broke. We should have done it last summer for for the best part, especially Danny Rose. I mean, if we can't even shift a player who's wanted to leave for nearly two years, like, what what are we doing? Um, Like, I've I've even said before, I was quite impressed with how Arsenal um, offloaded certain players in January. It was, uh, like, a fair few players. Yeah, yeah, like Kolasinic, Mustafi, Socrates, Ozil... All on high wages. I think they. I think every single one of them left for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can't. I can't remember them. Even like, any of them getting a transfer fee. So um, to get that Deadwood at the club like that, like I wouldn't even say no to that. Um, I guess a few players uh, could command a small fee, but again, like I, I don't know who's paying. 
I don't know who's paying. Like, uh, for example, I guess Davinson Sanchez would be desirable to to certain clubs. Mm-hmm. He would, in a normal market, be worth like a fair amount of money, maybe fifteen, twenty million. But I just can't imagine any team in Europe doing that. So it's going to be a really interesting summer to see how it plays out because I think we're going to find ourselves needing to just offload them for stupidly low transfer fees and. I can't imagine Levy and Co really being keen on that idea, but it's it's what we have to do at this point. Um, I think the market is changing completely. Like you're even getting, um, like even when you have talks of players like Boateng and we're interested in him, they're talking about him taking like a massive pay cut to come to Spurs. And um, even though we're historically, I guess, a team that pay quite low wages. It's still a case of like who wants to pay the amount of money that we paid for some of these players that are not necessarily in the top tier of their position. So like, how do you recoup on thirty mil for Sissoko? How do you recoup on what we paid for Mora, even Aurier? Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's near enough impossible. I think even there were rumours of PSG coming in for Aurier for like a, a way lowered price, and now you've got like Pochettino putting out statements saying like he's he's not too sure and things like that. Like it's just I don't know. It's it's not looking great. Um, the only thing I would maybe argue with is that I do think there are some there are some um, ways that we could go about this, and one of the ways you could go about this is selling one of the players that does a lot for us in terms um to raise our money. So like that could be whether it's a Kane, whether it's a um Sun or an Ndombele. So then one of those players that could um command maybe a substantial amount, even if it's not a profitable amount. And then giving that with a new manager to see what, what happens. And I mean is anybody against that? Like what does a new Spurs order without Kane and Son look like? You you know you know what's funny about that is I would have no problems selling, say, Kane or Son if I could trust the board to be ruthless in the transfer mm-hmm. Yeah? I can't trust them. So, and and this this is going to sound, I hope it doesn't sound mad in the way that I'm going to try and explain it, but because the, cause I can't trust the board to be ruthless in the transfer market, I feel like we're almost stuck with certain players. So they, they, now the power is all with the players, yeah? Son should have negotiated and signed these contract time ago, yeah? But for for whatever reason it may be, he hasn't, yeah? Now, I don't understand why the ball can't be like, you know what, Ali? You ain't really been good for the last for two years. There's no point of us mucking about and keeping you, yeah? Let's just get rid of you and get in somebody else, yeah, that's going to offer us more. I don't understand why the board want to recoup 30, what, 30, 15, 20 mil, whatever, for, for Sissoko. You were paying 6 million for five years for this guy. Just sell the guy for 6 mil. Like, what Like what, what difference is it going to make? Yeah, You're not going to recruit big money for Aurea, Lam, um, Mora, Lamella, Sissoko, Dyer. We got Dyer for, what, 5 mil, yeah? Even with English tax... You're not getting no more than 12, 15 mil for that guy. Nobody in their right mind is giving us 20 million for Eric Dyer. They know that guy is trash. Like, he is he is bottom of the freaking... If, if a team like Sheffield United came in for Eric Dyer and was like, yeah, we're going to offer you 25 million like they did for Ryan Brewster, snap your neck and take that immediately because you're not getting nothing better 
than that. Yeah, but if teams like freaking Sheffield United are not even looking at the likes of Eric Dyer, you know you've got an absolute travesty on your hands. And that's the problem. Our board want top dollar for absolute dog crap. Why would you want top dollar for crap is crap? Either sell it for cheap or get rid of it for free. Rose How much was, was uh, Mourinho offering for Dyer back in the day when he was at Man United? Fifty million. Fifty mil. Fifty mil. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy wasn't even. He wasn't even, <laughs> even. Even at that point, yeah. Even though he was kind of like, yeah, first team. Um, started, you know, he might get dropped for one or two games, but he'll come in, play the DM role, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would have snapped. That. Even then, I was like, take it, take it now. Yeah, because a few times we played that guy at centre back when we needed to because we had a few injuries, it was woeful. I was like, and this guy, he kept harbouring on about how much he wanted to play centre back. I want to play centre back. I want to play centre back. I want to play centre back. He's had a, no, a whole season now, and nearly two seasons, and he's been an absolute stinker. It's, it's, it's annoying. And, and we have to deal with the likes of Steve Hitchin, who was a dead footballer anyway. Yeah, as our director of footballer. Oh, get out of here. Absolute nonsense. So I think um, Hitchin is talking about. Is it, I think it's actually Hitchin who's back in, who's saying that we should get Potter, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice. What, so, so we can go for a whole rebuild again. <laughs> I told oh, you. Oh, oh, Stand up. I've had enough. I've had enough. I told you. Look, the thing is, Owen made, Owen made a compelling argument the last podcast for Paul. And if if we were higher up in the league and it was a case of, all right, yeah, cool, we could bring in a manager, you know, boom, boom, we've got like a decent young squad and all that kind of stuff. I would have backed Owen 100%. But at this point, I'm not involved. Yeah. I'm not supporting it one bit. Yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. They're going to bring in Potter to be what? A yes man. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what's that player you're looking at? Oh, you're looking at this guy? Yeah, what, you want Vestergaard from Southampton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll take him, I'll take him. Uh, and then we're complaining every week, why is Vestergaard, this six foot seven guy, getting barged off the ball by Sterling? What, what, what do you want me to do? Why should I suffer like this? Get me a serious top tier manager, a director of football that knows what he's doing, and spend money. Stop, stop making me feel pain. But why does it feel like there's only one director of football in the world, though, that knows what he's doing? Because there's only we one. All, we all know who he is as well. That's the funniest thing. I always hear fans saying, oh, we do need a director of football, but they're not naming names as if like they don't know. <laughs> there's only one. Like, can't be named this about. <laughs> to be fair, I think there might be two because I thought if Ralph Radnick... Oh, yeah, yeah. I would say yes to him coming in. If not, then Luis Campos, mm-hmm. please. Um, like, yeah, I, I, that's the impression I get with um, Steve Fitchin. You know, um, yeah, you were saying like, oh, don't want to bring in certain people to bring in a yes man, yes man. Like with with Steve Fitchin, I don't necessarily feel like he unearths bad talent, but he's. I, I just get the feeling he's just constantly overruled, which is the annoying thing. Like, you don't want a director of football. Or head of technical performance, I think, is his actual role. Yeah, I don't know what the remit of yeah. that role is. But, um, yeah, it feels like he's getting overruled a lot. He got overruled a lot by Pochettino. So, I mean, if he's getting overruled by Pochettino, then Levy's going to walk all over him, right? I, I wouldn't want him there. I, I, we need... Look, you can't have the stadium we have. Yeah, You can't have the sponsors we now have. Yeah, You can't have all this apparent money that were potentially 
because we're a valuable club. We're not a rich club. We're a valuable club, yeah, because we own a lot of land mm-hmm. and property and all that kind of stuff. So the value of the club is massive. You can't be in the position we're in right now and have man that have no cojones, yeah. This is why. This is this is why, yeah. We've we've all gone black and white, yeah. We're no longer the Spurs, navy and blue. We're black and white. We're the new Spurs order. It's over, yeah. Like what we're coming, we're coming for people's necks. Like the time is done. I've had enough. <laughs> The so first order of the new Spurs order is to get Luis Campos in, director of football. He has to be there. That's it. I'm, I'm backing there. it 100%. That's the Darth Vader. He's the guy, bro. He's the guy at the top, yeah. And you know what? I'd even go as far as to say, like, Levy, you're, you're, on, you're walking on a, a plank right now, mate, because, like, I'm, I'm a guy who's not... I don't really... Um, what would I say? I like a lot of what Levy has um, achieved over the years. And um, a lot of the things that people blame Levy for, I don't blame Levy for. But I would say it's been a string of um, a series of unfortunate events and Levy is at the the top of most of them (laughs) at the moment. (laughs) It's not looking good. Um, So, yeah, he's he's on thin ice right now. Um, I'm I'm Levy out, yeah. And the only reason I'm Levy out, is is actually different to a lot of people's reasoning. I know people were being up like transfers and you know certain things that haven't gone in our way. But my actual reason for being Levy out is because I, I haven't got time for for sentimental values. I don't care for it. Yeah, football is a very simple sport. It's a repetitive sport. You play in every season in either the same comp- well, you, you play in the same domestic leagues uh, so long as you don't get relegated, and you play in the same European competition so long as you qualify for them. So it's a very repetitive sport. There is no way, yeah, I can have Levy in, considering the fact that he's built the club up to this point. Fine, great, we applaud you for it, yeah. But there's gonna be that's not going to keep you in the job. What will keep you in the job is us continuously progressing, continuously winning stuff, at least continuously competing for stuff. Yeah, that's why that's why managers lose their job in the first place when a team stops competing. At the level that it should be competing at, managers are the first one to go. Yeah. So I don't understand why, you know, people would argue that yeah, but Levy's taking us. I don't care. See, my from my perspective, care. yeah, I think there's, there's the gap between say like, um, so like there, there was a gap between mid table and draining sort of like the top six, and then the gap between going from somebody who's entered the top six to being a consistent member of the top six, I think we, we started to close that gap. Yeah, and, I, and I'll give Levy credit for that. Like, he made a, a series of good appointments with Pochettino. He, he did some some good work. Then he started making some really bad decisions. And I think the gap between um, being that consistent member of, like, the top four, top six, and actually winning a title or um, going from second to actually competing... Going to it's, it's not enough to get to the Champions League final, actually winning, turning up on the day, feeling confident. I think that gap is a much bigger gap. And um, it's not necessarily that I don't think Levy's ready for it. I just think that maybe he's not... What would I say? Maybe he doesn't prioritise that enough. I think he's too, he's too happy to try and keep up the status quo that he's made. So he got us to that level. I think he's happy to try and keep us there, keep us consistent at that level. And I don't think he's willing to take the risk to push us over the edge. The one time he did take the risk, I think, was signing Mourinho. 
I think that he, the way he saw it in his head is this guy wins stuff. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a lot of cost. It's not what I'd normally do. But this guy wins stuff. He's going to come in. He's going to win something. And then I'm going to get that, that leeway to sort of uh, tread water for the next three to five years. And except him before could... that final. Say that I mean, again? I, I hear that. And you're no, 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 I'm saying that's that's what he that's what he yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's absolutely. what he thought. And he's going right. absolutely wrong. And then even to sack him before the, the cup final, that's another like unfortunate event. But it's no matter how event. you see it, whether he plays the cup final or whether he doesn't play the cup final, I'm sorry, Levy, there was no way for he, for Levy to win in that situation. No way. Was, mm. was, there was no way to. There was no way for him to win in that situation. There was no way for Spurs to win either. We yeah. win. We, yeah. we, yeah. we yeah. weren't winning no that cup to... final with thing, Mourinho. The thing is, yeah, even even though, and no the thing, it's easy no to way. say that we wouldn't have won the cup final with Mourinho without Mourinho and all that kind of stuff. But this is this is just a long and short of it. Whether people like it or not, he made it to the cup final. He didn't manage in the cup final. It's easy to say, oh, we were playing crap. We weren't going to win it. Yeah, because he wasn't there. Yeah, but he didn't get to manage in the cup final. A novice got to manage in the cup final and lost one yeah, nil. He shouldn't have. It's a bad decision. He shouldn't have even been in it. So yeah, it's a it's a lose lose for Levy. But it, it doesn't make sense to say you you were better off just letting the guy play the final, lose the final as as everyone anticipated he was going to do anyway, and then sack him. Do I think my take is either way, even if he does, even if he leaves him or sacks him. Either way, he's put himself in that position. Levy's That's his own fault. I don't really. Yeah. I don't. This, this yeah. is what I mean by I don't care for Levy. Like this is what I mean by like I don't care for it because it's like you brought in Mourinho, yeah, and you done what looked like for the most part a good transfer window, a smart transfer window. You brought in X, X, Y, Z, and all that kind of stuff. But everyone knows it's very simple in football when you can identify what your weakness is, yeah. United had a weakness in defence during Mourinho's time. They didn't sort it out. They sacked Mourinho. They went and spent eighty million on, on Maguire, who's trash. But they went and spent eighty million on Maguire. Yeah, and for the most part, they think it showed it up. Okay, cool. Liverpool needed a defender because they couldn't get over that hump. They couldn't get over the hump of we're scoring goals, but we're conceding loads of goals. They went and spent seventy-five million with, for Van Dijk, and and it, it transformed everything around. We were in the market for Diaz and Skriniar. Like, it wasn't no rumours. We were there. We were talking money. And we didn't make the move. And this is, this is what I mean by, like, Levy and, and the board. That it's always, we're there and we don't jump. Big man, jump off the freaking bridge. It's yeah, I, I would say, look, you could go through Spurs' entire defensive line. And I'm talking about starters, non-starters, people who are injured, people who ain't seen the team, in, people who ain't even allowed in the stadium too tough. I'm looking at you, Danny Rose. But yeah, there's nobody that we could rely on to consistently give us a seven out of ten. And now I'm saying a seven out of ten because I'm thinking like an above average performance. The bar is yeah, so low. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. literally, we, there's nobody. There's nobody. And and like whether or not you like Maguire, I think the lowest you get from Maguire is a six out of ten. Like the the very lowest. Like you even if he makes the mistake, just, just kicking off. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, come on. You get <laughs> you started the game six out of ten. Great exactly. performance. It's it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke, and and I think you're you're you I think somewhere between what, the, what what both of us are saying, I think he's right in that. Um, cool, Levy's making bad decisions. Like whether or not he, Marino should have started um, playing the final or not, 
either way, it's a bad decision that got us there to that to that crossroads in the first place from Liu. So he's on um, thin ice for me. And then mm. it, it, we start talking about Enik. I'm like, what role do Enik play in this? This is um, the thing. Like I was gonna say, like on Levy, mm-hmm. I do hear what um, you know, I said. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily want to just keep in someone as like someone who might even be viewed as a dictator. You could yeah. like I've seen sections of the fans call him Levy Mugabe. I was like, oh shit, okay. Um, but I would have been. I, I guess I'd necessarily be open to change. Like one, if it wasn't currently COVID. Like I can't imagine us changing the board or the chairman during a time where okay they actually are kind of they are very business savvy. I can't imagine um, a kind of better board that can steer us financially through a kind of pandemic web than them yeah, as it stands. Um, secondly, I wouldn't see the point in changing the chairman unless we got rid of Enic. Um, just so, like not many people know that um, Levy doesn't necessarily own. Uh, Tottenham. He just kind of works for the English National Investment Company, i.e. Enic, who's owned by Joe Lewis, who is like the fourth or fifth richest British man in the what well, in, in Britain. He lives in the Bahamas, but yeah. So yeah, uh, he he would have to leave. Enic would have to pull out, and we'd have to get takeover before before I would consider. Levy leaving because otherwise there's there's not really a point in changing the chairman because it's going to be the same ownership and thus we're going to still be in that same position where we're not necessarily prioritising uh, football on the pitch, man. Like, How much money do we need for a takeover? Billion. Two billion? Or a Probably billion? billion. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, where you at? Like, a billion? Oh. <laughs> the thing what, what, is what, for what, me, what, I just always think like... going to blow up this, this year? Crypto. <laughs> Because if the money's coming correct, the new Spurs orders are round, baby. This is what I don't think some of the fans realise because they're calling for this German model for the fans to own 51%. I'm like, do you realise how much money you've got to get together collectively? (laughs) I'm not going to be judging people's positions, but I, I know I definitely don't have any kind of that money to put towards it. I can't imagine many other people... I say we put Dio, you literally put Dio on Dogecoin, fam. Just swap him, <laughs> just swap him with Coinbase and see what happens, fam. God, that's less of a risk, I ain't gonna lie. Dogecoin, Shiba, any yeah, of them, man. Any of them. But, like, I, I don't know. Even when it comes down to Enik as well, um, it's interesting as well because Enik are getting a lot of bad press now, um, rightfully so, for their role in. Um, the ESL, uh, which is it feels like old news now, but it's only like two it feels years like they've years. escaped quite a lot of it. Like they, the we've got the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust who have just been aiming it at the board. It's like when the ESL happened, it was like that Michael Jordan meme when they sat back and was like, oh, okay, I took that personally, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, okay, okay, but no, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's so. So what is what? What um, when you say the board, like any car not on the board essentially. So any car the owners, and then you've got different yeah. people on the board. Yeah. So um, I think now you're seeing, or when what I was more talking about is, you know, you've got the any out sort of um, protest. Um, give it a quick plug. What Saturday fifteenth of May yeah, outside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So that's this yeah. weekend. It's gonna be um, 12 p.m. and some some concert. <laughs> Bring your flags. 
Make your voice heard. Um, anyone's got got a speaker, you get me. Bring some tunes up. Make it into a party. So I can laugh. Yeah. Um, a proper representation. Yeah, man. Come on. Let's let's make it happen. I don't want to see. I want to see some Chaz and Dave banging out there. Just <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Like, I'll be honest. Okay, so recently we've had the Arsenal protest, the Chelsea protest, mm-hmm. and the United protest. The United protest was a bit mad. I personally, I think United should be docked points like because their fans are taking the the only way you're going to learn is by harming the club that they love so badly like so why why are they being docked points for though because so did you see what happened today that blocking the bus thing yeah blocking the bus i mean like we get you want the board out yeah but you can't be stopping matches from from happening you just can't do that like protests, I'm I'm all for the protests. I'm all for even breaking a few glasses here and there. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, but when you're stopping your actual team from competing in their their mandatory scheduled match, yeah, it can't fly. It can't run. You you have to be punished for it, like one way or another. Because fine, United might not get punished, but I'm sure you can go over history. And you can even check the lower leagues here. Yeah? Other teams have been punished for far less. For far less. Teams are getting docked 12 points for for missing a check and all that kind of stuff. So why mm-hmm. why is it that your fans can get onto the pitch, do damage, yeah? Stop stop a match from, from actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nothing happens other apart from oh, we're gonna talk to, to the board and stuff like that. But I'm not digressing because I'm getting onto like Spurs. The thing that annoyed me the most about the first protest with Spurs is there was no it, it almost it almost showed how unorganized our club looks right now. Yeah, because our protest was a joke. Yeah. You had like five men out there, they had the, the, the paper the paper things saying, you know, Enoch can't leave yeah, and all that kind of, there was no vim behind it. If this Saturday is a serious protest and the fans really like like let it be known that they've had enough, then maybe, just maybe, you know, the board Levy and Enoch might listen and there might be changes this summer, but I, I honestly don't trust it. And I've been saying it in the group that I don't think this, this protest is going to be anything serious. I won't be surprised if like six men turn up and, and you know, there's a guitar playing. Like, but if it's, <laughs> and it's like 60 to 100 people are there and, you know, there's some real noise being made, then yeah, fine. Talk because the, the board needs, we've had enough. I've said it again, we've had enough. If you're going to bring in Potter, Bring him Potter, but give him two hundred and fifty million. Like I, I, he has to have bread <laughs> to spend. But where is it coming from? Let's not lie, like let's not lie. Any on the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he has to pay. <laughs> Big man, <laughs> somebody has to pay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care oh, where the money comes from. Like I, I've had enough. I've, like okay, so so point like this, yeah. I'm 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 paying the scenario because I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Owen and Potter here. So we bring in Potter and we say to Campos, Potter, right, cool. Campus on the on the <laughs> No, Campus ain't coming. We're like we I've, coming, I've, yeah. had, I've had to I've had to dead that dream, he's not coming. So we bring in Potter and Potter's like, I want Lamptey, I want Max Aaron's, um I want Anderson, uh I wanna get rid of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, make it happen. And the board are like Nah, Aaron's is going to cost us 30 million. We ain't got that. Lamptey's going to cost us like 35 million. We ain't got that. Uh, what we can do is we'll get rid of Aurea, um, 
we'll keep Dyer for you. You know, we'll keep Ali. Uh, we'll keep Winks. We'll get rid of Sissoko. So that's a plus. Uh, and, you know, we'll tell you that you can use Rodon next season. Big man, it's not going to run. Yeah, that's why. So if Potter comes in, I want big bread spent. I want every issue. And the main issue with Spurs right now is the defence. Yeah. If you can shore up the defence, we can survive one more season. And then you can start to sort out, you know, the little bits of the midfield and the attacking. But the defence, this summer, everything has to be focused on the defence. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Yeah, it's it's weird because as well, we, we've got... um. I feel like we, we spend our money so badly and like we don't use our resources very well. So, I mean, you could go to like right back Matt Doherty. Like, <laughs> I'd be surprised if he's, <laughs> if he's made like 20 appearances for us, um, this season. And a, a lot of them were kind of forced. Like, we're just, we were playing him because we wanted him to, um, I guess find, find that match fitness or find that level with Spurs, just find that. Um, yeah, just find that uh, um, that rhythm, I guess, and he wasn't finding it. Um, even down to people like Lasso. How many games has Lasso played for us this season? Like, uh, Been injured a lot. I know, mm. and uh, that's what that's what I'm saying. We bought we he was injured a lot before we finished paying for the loan, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, or am I playing a bit crazy? He was injured um, when, when we actually um, yeah. confirmed that he was. Yeah, when we confirmed that we buy yeah. it, we were buying. He was injured then, right? So I mean. Yeah. It's not looking good. Um, Vinicius. How often has Vinicius played for us this season? I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but I wouldn't be surprised if we buy Vinicius next uh, season. I what gap is he really filling? I don't um, even think out for him. I think it's just, it's just been unfortunate. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. Like every, it's unfortunate for everyone. Berwin. How many games has Berwin played for us this season? If it's more <laughs> than 10, I'd be surprised. The team's cool. Maybe not all, yeah, the team's fried, man. Like we we play the same team every near enough every oh, week. It's just oh, oh, and how many players did you you say needed to leave or you thought was it ten? It was uh, ten, eleven, twelve, and that's at least. And the majority of what Owen said were fringe players that mm. have somehow crept into our first team. How? The only thing I would say is that there is some potential for people to come in, to come back into the league, um, to the team, sorry. Skip. Some of the players they have on lock. Yeah, skip, Sesame. Wow. Um, I, I personally think that, are you missing much if you have, if you have, um, say like a Trey Parrott instead of Carlos Vinicius, are we really missing much? I've never rated Parrott. So if we end up, you rate Vinicius though, honestly. I, I never, I didn't know who Vinicius was. So, so like, <laughs> you know what I mean? like even even Parrot coming back here, yeah, like the season that Parrot was like being harped on about, everyone was like, we need to play Parrot. Kane's injured, just play him, play it. I was like, guys, he couldn't even perform against Colchester. He's trash, bro. Just I ain't got time for it. And th- and this is what I mean by the problem with Spurs. There's too much. I, I don't know if it's like favoritism. I don't, I don't know if these guys are playing with these guys on FIFA and it's worked out for them on on you know the gaming platform. So they think it's gonna work in real life. It don't work like that. Like Spurs need to really. If it, look, the only reason, the only way the board is gonna make like some serious bank in terms of like money back and all that kind of stuff is if we're competing for big prizes, winning big prizes, 
and making it into Europe or the big European competition on a regular basis. So in order to do that, you obviously have to spend money and you have to spend it wisely, correctly so. I'd say keep Bergwijn. I mean, yeah, he's had a terrible season, but like keep Bergwijn. I have no problem with that. I'd even be nice enough to say keep the likes of Ali if you wanted to. If you wanted to be that that stringent with how players go and all that kind of stuff, keep um, Ali. But mm-hmm. players like Mora, I don't care for the passion. Yeah, I don't give a damn for it. Yeah, Mora, Lamella, Sissoko, number two, freaking Dyer. <laughs> Even De- I'd allow Davis to be fair because it's not like Davis. Davis is, is average, but I allow him in a sense of like he's not bad like Dyer. Bad Dyer's diabolical. Like he is bro, absolutely. We're talking about people like Dyer, bro. But last season we had fucking um, Jetson Fernandez from. Like I was all thinking, did we think his name was Bruno or something? Like, yeah, what happened there? Like, I can, like, yeah, but why do we always loan this random player once a season? This is what I'm saying. Again, it's the board again. Like, I remember Mourinho came and there was talks of Mourinho's told the board he wants Fernandez and Diaz. It was plastered all over, like, the transfer talks and all this kind of stuff. And we got neither. Yeah. We got last summer transfer. What do you say? Fernandez and Bruno Diaz. Fernandez is already at United, though, isn't it? No, you know, no, 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 no. This is when Mourinho first joined. Yeah, yeah, when he first joined. Yeah, so, so they went Bruno Fernandez and Diaz, and yeah, they yeah. we ended up getting Dia, 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 Dia I guess. Yeah, we kept contract. Dia, and, and we got uh, and we got Justin Fernandez. Bro, what kind of Tesco value societies are these? That's not even Tesco. Neto, bro. Like Neto don't even exist no more in in England, bro. Like this is Neto value. Like this is bad. Like the board I'm trying to remember, is, is one faith on loan or is he... He's, he's on loan. It's on loan with the... Um, I think it's like an obligation to buy. No, it's an option I'm to buy. I'm not sure. If it's an option to buy, then, boy, yeah, that's... I'm, they, they want I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad, I'm not at, mad that. at that. If, it's, if, if, if we can get him back, I'm not mad at that. Um, because I think we forget as well that Faith could have covered midfield a lot better than some of the players that... We currently we have right back in. a lot better. No, no, I mean right back's his position, but I'm just talking about we we play a lot of like we play people and then we the excuse we always have is oh but they're cover like Dyer. Oh, so Dyer plays centre back. Oh, but he's cover at right back. He's cover at midfield. Faith can play all of those positions. Like, is it? Do you know what I mean? He plays defence uh, centre back. He plays midfield. I was saying that before this season. Like, I was thinking getting rid of Faith is crazy, but I just I. I Look, man, it's such a... Oh, I didn't think today was going to be, like, such a heartache. I'm sorry, lads, but it's, like, <laughs> it's so bad. Like, okay, so I've just seen the list that Owen put in the group again. Mm-hmm. Like, Lamella has to go. We we spent, what, 30 million on him? Get rid of him for 10. Just just take the 20 million loss. Get rid of him for even seven. Just get rid of him, yeah? Because he, he's not going to live up to the value anyway when he, wherever he goes. Get rid of Sissoko. Sack Sissoko. Like, terminate his contract. <laughs> like, get rid of... Like, this This is the problem with Spurs. That there has to be some sort of ruthlessness within our club. And the reason I say that is because players are not... Yeah, Danny Rose... Bro, the last time he was ruthless, it was Vertonghen, and he was our best player at the time. Imagine. That's so crazy, isn't it? Like, not, not our best player, but I mean the best defender at, yeah. the, at that time. 
it's yeah. crazy. Like we're never ruthless when it matters. We're not ruthless against like terrible, terrible players. Danny Rose so, like, has taken the mick for two seasons. Yeah, like I don't understand. Danny Rose is not. He's never been a worldie in his life. He had two good seasons max. Yeah, where people were talking about best left back in the world. My ass. Yeah. He's had two I good Danny Rose, bro. I don't respect him. He's crap. The guy, <laughs> guy believed, he, the guy generally believes he was going AC Milan to do what? Eat pasta. <laughs> Sit down, my friend. Stop this nonsense. Yeah, you've been at the club just eating bread off the club for two years, just sitting there saying, I- I'll-, I'll wait for my contract to run out. That if I was the board, I would have said, Bun your contract, we'll just pay you out right now. Go. You, who's going to take you? Colchester, good luck. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is Danny from like, I don't know, 2012-ish. I've got a soft spot for Danny, I can't lie. Yeah, like, I feel like he was one of the Come best. On. He was one of the best left backs yeah. in the league for a good he four, five years. He was definitely one of the, one of the best in I was never going to say he was one of the best in Europe because that, that would be a lie. That would be a lie, but he was one of the best in the league. From the bottom of my heart to the two of you. Danny Rose can suck out. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, coming from Asso Okoto, I'm not going to lie, bro. It didn't matter who stood in left back. Asso Okoto, I was a madman that didn't care about football, that played football. Yeah? I can rate that because he was a madman <laughs> that hated football, that played football. That, there's, there's, there's something in your head. Danny Rose actually at one point thought he was the Don Donners. Stop that. Yeah? Stop it. I've had enough of that kid. I, I can't wait for him to leave. I actually, can't, I don't want him to have a testimonial. I don't want him to get a, a freaking hey, hey, watch. Hey, I don't want him to get nothing. Back this year, man. No, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm you, I you need a new man to come in here, and I need Danny Rose. I need them to make peace with Danny Rose. Nah. Only because, yeah. Shall I tell you why, fam? Because, bro, the guy's been trying to leave. He's the only player who's been trying to do the right thing for the club, fam. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's trying his really? hardest, fam. What he's, more can he do, there. bro? He tries he's to leave every there. year, bro. And I'm not even, I'm not even talking about what he did under Mourinho. Forget what he did under Mourinho. Even under Poch, yeah, he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to leave to my to either the team I want to go to comes in or freaking oh, yeah, yeah. my contract runs out. Them things can't run, yeah. He was, he was, I say he was directing that mostly at, at Levy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was, yeah, that was mostly at Levy. But again, you can't have man running up on you like that. Grow some balls, man. <laughs> It's all mad. It's all mad, man. We're coming. I guess we're we're coming to the end of the um, pod. We haven't really discussed much um, about the next game, which is Wolves. Um, that face says it all, y'all. But I mean, where <laughs> are you guys feeling going into the Wolves game? Is there anything to be? I'm going to ask the question in a different way. Actually, oh, is there man. anything to be positive about going into the Wolves game? No, um, Owen. I know you're going to be negative already. I'll ask you the other question. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, school prediction. Um, I, I would just hope there is some players who are in the picture for next season that either at least start or in the squad. Like I don't expect Bale to be back next season. So I would like someone else to take his place. Probably Bergfine. Um I'd keep Delhi in and Dombele has to be in the picture to start. Um I hope that like press office and stuff don't turn around to Ryan Mason and turn around and be like, Oh look what Dombele's posted on Instagram, blah 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 and then he'll have it kind of held against him because I can 
I've seen a theme with like these kind of managers like Lampard and Arteta. They kind of get little man syndrome when that kind of thing happens. Then they'll kind of come with a bit of a head teacher vibe and then they'll just drop the player. Um, so hopefully he'll at least come on and play a part in the game before 80 minutes. Um, I'd like to see Joe Rodon at least back in the squad. Um, or yeah. Joe, Joe Rodon or Tanganga at least play it. Like, I feel like Eric Dier needs to drop. Like, we didn't really, we only really said like Eric Dier's performance was bad against Leeds. Didn't really touch upon it because, I mean, everyone saw it. Everyone knew how tragic it was. Um, he needs to be put on ice. Tanganga, Joe Rodon. I'd, I'd lean with Joe Rodon because he was actually playing really, really well in the last few games. Mourinho was in charge. So for him to be put out of the squad completely was yeah, was weird. Um, but yeah, I, I would only really see a positive in just certain players who I would see being a part of next season getting minutes. Um, as as far as the result goes, I'm not too fussed if we get into Europe or not. Even though, like we we do probably need to. Uh, Finishing above Arsenal would be, I guess, a slight, slight, um, slight achievement, or really a nothing achievement. But that's all we've got to really aim for now. And as far as the result goes, I'm not too bothered. If we play um, more on the front foot, more how we look to play next season, and do it well, regardless of the result, then that'll be a slight positive for me. And yeah. Um... I'm going to ask you the, the opposite question um, before I ask you guys for a little prediction. But what what have we got? Um, what is there, I guess, not to look forward to in the Tottenham and Wolves match? I think is we that... lost. Did we? No, we won the... Did we win the return fixture? Uh, it was a draw. Draw. 1-1. 1-1. Um, I there's, there's not much to really predict with... You know, against Wolves, it's a way, our way record. It, it's a way, right? We're at Molyneux, aren't we? Uh, oh, we're at home. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we played them at home away the first game. I think in the three-two, that's last season, right? So, uh, our home record is, hasn't even been that great. So, there's not real hope that you know we would boss the game being at home. By saying that Wolves have a terrible away record anyway, so you know they so, didn't they lose like four 0 to Burnley already? Yeah, yeah, so something like that. So you know there is some sort of hope, but like I'm sorry to say this, but I think the attitude of our squad or players is poor. You know, um, and at some point they they either have to turn it around or um, um. You know, make it make it mean something. I know I'm saying, you know, he's not too fussy if we don't make it into Europe. But I, I honestly don't think we can survive with that. I, I think we'd be in very serious trouble if we don't make Europe for next season, even if it's the Europa League. Like, I think what happened with the Europa League this season with United now making the final, um, even though they got knocked out of the Champions League to make the final and Arsenal make it to the semi-final, should really highlight to the players that, you know, even though it's the second tier European competition, it is still a European competition that is taken quite serious. And if you win it, you, you go straight into the Champions League. It is the mm. only UEFA Cup. So 
you know, the attitude of the players needs to change. And I, I agree with Owen. If if certain players are not about it, then I have no problems in these last three games seeing a relatively young squad. I have no problem seeing seeing Roden, Tenganga, and Nombele has to come back into the fold. Like, I've, I've had enough of uh, not seeing him in the fold. So he has to come back into the fold. Um, I don't really care if Ali starts or not. Like, I don't really care. Um, I know I Bell... I, I know Bell's for like a difference, yeah. Sorry, uh, say that again. No, I was saying I don't really care if, if Ali starts, like, because I, I personally I think attitude wise he's not really impressed me this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bell, I know Bell's probably going to start, but I don't know. Maybe Bell might turn up because Wolves are not having, you know, a good game because he doesn't seem to turn up against teams that that really want to compete. So that's where we are right now. There's no telling what's going to happen. What about a uh, score prediction? 2-2. I think we'll win, um, funnily enough. like It's quite annoying because some of my um, other friends in another group chat keep on suggesting Nuno San- uh, Espirito Santos to me as a manager. And mm-hmm. it, that scares me. That absolutely scares me. Um like, I think he, he's just school of Mourinho. I think we'll probably be on the front foot most of the game. They don't necessarily scare me in attack. Like I think we'll probably just edge it two one. Alright, so um, I think yeah, I'd, I'd go for a win. I think we have enough, but um, so do they. I think I think both sides would go at each other. Both sides will think they can score goals. Um, Wolves' attack is quite young and good, I would say. I like, I like a few of their players, but um, mm. their defence, I'm not really worried about. I think we should have enough, regardless of who we play. It's just how they play on the day. Um, okay, um, one thing we haven't actually touched on, I just realised, is um, Spurs announced... So, I guess we did touch on it a little bit with the, T, the whole THST thing, but I think Spurs have replied um, and made an announcement, official announcement on fan representation. Um, Owen, I think, um, Woody, could you give us a bit of a breakdown on what they say? Or yeah, I mean, there was um, there was a bit of back and forth. THST, um, bless them, they did they did a nice little announcement which suggested they they went really on the front foot. Like I give them credit because they did eventually get a direct reply from Spurs, but um I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the things that they they were saying. Especially they were saying that um you know fans should be uh given like a big say on non non um non playing I think it's like essentially coaching stuff and board moments and stuff like that. And it was basically all coming from like they 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 started releasing these statements and uh, started organising this process purely off the back of the ESL. They didn't really this this was the confusing thing to me because I've said in another pod as well that there was many more valid reasons to be protested. However, they just like really really focused on the ESL because uh, the board didn't necessarily bring them into the picture. Um, and then uh, obviously Tottenham did actually reply um, after THST basically filed a notion for all board members to leave off the back of the ESL. 
I mean, yeah, uh, I didn't agree with that, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, Tottenham actually replied and added THST to say, you know, we've actually tried to meet you uh, after THST originally said, like, oh, the board are unwilling to meet us. Spurs replied, oh, we actually are. We've we've been waiting on you, man. So it all got a little bit tasty from there. Uh, and then they took uh, they took THST statement seriously and announced that there was going to be a um, an independent panel selecting fans to be part of a club advisory panel with one chair essentially heading this group to have a vote on all Tottenham matters on the board. Which is uh, I I think we might be the only club in the Premier League to have that if it goes through. Um, it'll be interesting. My who, um, what fans <laughs> are selected? Um, <laughs> laughable because I mean, a lot of fans, um, a lot of people who are listening to this don't understand just how dumb our fan base is oh. and how fickle it is. It's um, like the whole kind of THST thing. They kind of, yeah, it was all. It's a little bit little man syndrome again. Yeah. I think um, purely because um, they weren't consulted on what was essentially like a, a matter which had to be kept secret anyway. Um, yeah, like, I, 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 it would just be interesting to see what the selection process is. Um, I really hope that the new Spurs order are considered in this. Yeah, I, I say we just do it by lottery. Just everyone who wants to be on the Spurs board, just buy a lottery ticket and fuck it. Because I think once they get all, or once they select all the fans, they're going to elect the 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 fans. I think this is how it works. I think the fans are going to elect the chair, who is going to be the board representative of the fans. But uh, I would just hope that they look further than um, look further than the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust, because I don't like the kind of whole. Oh, we're going to be the gatekeepers of the fans' opinion. Oh, we we're the ones that quantify what what fan representation is and, and stuff like that. that. That whole vibe coming from their side on the whole, that, oh, we support Spurs. We've supported Spurs longer than you. I think it said in their their statement as well, and it all just got a little bit petty. So, yeah, I, I would just hope that whoever is selecting these fans look beyond look beyond just Tottenham Hotspur supporters trust, because I, I don't see them as, like, the the best representation of our fan base, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm tempted to agree. I'm tempted to agree. So, guys, um, when we're going to join Orion's protest against THST at some point, um, we'll give you some more information this on that. Thing, I'm worth <laughs> that. I, I, I don't hate them. No, I'm, I'm joking. Just, I just, yeah. We've got, we've got love for THST. I was going to say, yeah. fair, play, fair play for getting yeah. the, the board's attention, to be fair. Like, we, we've got love for THST. It's just... Um, it's it's a it's a very important question to be honest, like um, about the selection criteria and just what goes into it. I think they mm. need to be a bit more transparent, just that just like how they wanted Tottenham to be more transparent. I think they just need to keep that in mind as well, and not lose sight of the goal, which is for fans to to be consulted on large decisions. Like this is quite a large decision too, and we need. I think more fans need to be um, consulted, not exactly just THST. That. Um and yeah, on that um on that bombshell, I think we'll finish. It's funny as well because I think um 
they do uh what is it like fans fans of the year the supporter of the year awards at the um I think at the end of the season or something like that and it was Ghana Spurs that won I just remember this is such a random thing but I just remember that Ghana Spurs was like the supporters group of the year or something like that I bet you they haven't been what was the criteria for the winners I can't even remember I'm going to find out I'm going to find I'm going to google it after the match and find it if they do this um, like next season we have to consider like Tolby and say the prize is like Tottenham 100% It has to, like the the winning prize has to be Tottenham headphones. He has to complete the set. <laughs> like he has. To. Shots fired! Shots fired! Um, listen, it's been it's been a great show. Um, make sure you check out the Patreon episodes. Remember, they're actually free. So um, search search for those Touchline Hotspurs Patreon. I think it's Spurs underscore Touchline on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow the guys as well. They've got their at so it's at Yao Bruce Buzia or at Owen Soru. You can follow me at HTTPERA404. Um, and yeah, that's a wrap, guys. Until next week. That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.